Where is he? Oh, he's in the El Paso area. What's our objective? To dramatically overreact. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What'd You Think? Um, I'm your host, Nick. Um, <laughs> this week, uh, for, the, for those of you who don't know, this show is basically a movie podcast where me and a guest will come on uh, once a week and we talk about a movie we just saw for the first time. Uh, so our guest this week is my roommate, who I've been trying to get on for a while now. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, y'all. My name is Kareem Danan. As you know, I'm Nick's roommate. We started watching a lot of movies together last semester. So when Nick yeah. told me he wanted to do this idea, I was immediately incredibly amped, and I'm happy to be here. That was a great intro. I like Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, really, you kind of like an, that idea of like us watching the movies kind of inspired me to do the show. So yeah, it, it's um, been a lot of fun. I remember when we talked about like Mother, for example, we had a great time. Good, like thirty minutes yeah. at least. Yeah, I've been waiting to find a movie like Mother. <laughs> we can talk about it like that because that that was that was a good conversation. Um, <laughs> but so the movie we watched today um, was Sicario, which is a movie I've been waiting to see for forever. I love Denis Villeneuve. Um, so that's been a movie I've been I've been dying yeah. to see. I remember hearing a ton about that movie and never actually getting around to seeing it. So when you yeah, same. toss I up the name, I, I was like, yeah, let's let's watch it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I bought that movie on iTunes like four months ago too. And I, still, I still haven't gotten around it, <laughs> but finally did. Um, uh, yeah. So those who don't know, I'm just going to give a little brief little bio of what I think the movie is. It's basically, uh, uh, Americans, FBI soldiers, DOD, uh, DEA, CIA. Yeah. Yeah. All, all those names get tossed around. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know all the details about that. Really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to describe this part. <laughs> they infiltrate Mexico and the Mexican cartel, essentially. Yeah. So it's all about this like plan to take down some guy named Manuel Diaz. Mm -hmm. And you have this DEA officer who's recruited by the DOJ to be on the special ops team. And from there, you kind of see this lady her name is kate mercer you see her adventures we remember the name <laughs> I, I that's the one thing i tried to remember <laughs> just and, for the bio <laughs> yeah and you see her little adventures or escapades so you might say mm -hmm. with the uh with the cia and several areas of misconduct i think you could easily say yeah it deals with a lot of like things about morality and like how to deal yeah. with the situation. That sounds like late episode discussion, though. Yeah, we'll, we gotta we'll get to that. that. We gotta build that's, to that's it. That's the point I get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so before we go into spoilers, um, we'll just talk about our general thoughts, um, spoiler-free, and then we'll get into it. So, yeah. Kareem, what did you think? Well, I'll start with, like, the positives. I thought Denise, Denis Villeneuve's mm. idea and direction in terms of how he directed it, his the angles he chose throughout the movie were kind of stunning almost whether it was like the shot that it mm -hmm. captured or just the angle it puts you at like it's it's angled to look through a mirror and you see just the main character sitting on a bed um and it's not something you see quite frequently and i think those shots kind of added a lot more weight to certain scenes in the movie and put you more in the moment but at the same time made you more of just a bystander who was on the sidelines so you didn't ever feel like you were part of the action you felt like you were very much so on the sideline watching um so that, that would major creds to that i thought it was really cool mm -hmm. um there were certain aspects i didn't i also really liked actually his usage of lights and shadows and mm -hmm. colors within Every single scene, there's some sort of emphasis on weird shadowing or 
juxtaposition of backgrounds and characters with their silhouettes. And so that was also really good. But the dialogue felt a little heavy-handed. There weren't any many subtleties because I think the plot was so complex they couldn't really afford to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kate Mercer's, her dialogue is very kind of one-lining. It's just someone says something and she responds and there's not much depth to the dialogue, but I wouldn't argue that those are the strengths of the movie anyways. It doesn't detract from it because they have, it has so many other strong aspects, I think. <clears throat> okay. Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Cool. I, I, we talked about this yeah. a little bit, so I, and I could tell then you had some disagreements, so now's the time to let them out. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to get into some stuff, for sure. Um, my general thoughts is I, I love this movie. Um, I think his directing is phenomenal. The, like, 100%. The, the camera work by Roger Deakins is like, amazing. Like, I, I could recognize it was like him as it was going on. Like, there were shots, I just had like a huge smile on my face, because I was like... This is actually beautiful. Like, it's like the the way the lighting is, the way the camera is angled. Like, like how you were saying how they would have shots like reflecting off of things instead of showing the actual thing. Um, some of the shots of outdoors. We'll get into the scene like later with the raid. Yeah, um, with the with night the vision sun's... goggles. Yeah, oh. uh, that was wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, what, that was insane. Um, <laughs> this is this beautifully shot and put together movie. Like very well edited, very like tension filled. Um, the acting by like Josh Brolin, Benicio del Toro, amazing. Brolin was incredible. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Benicio del Toro, I thought was I don't know. I, I he really stood out to me. He added a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's great. Um, a little like No Country for Old Men like reunion or yeah, something. Yeah, I got that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and the writing. Um, so I this is Taylor Sheridan, and he has written. Um, uh, Wind River, which came out like in 2017, and what's the other one? I can't think of. Um, either way, I saw I saw both. He got oh Hell or High Water, yeah. Um, and he he got nominated for an Oscar, I think, for that one. And I love his writing in both of those. But I do I get what you're saying with the with the dialogue. Um, yeah, I would say the like the way the plot is constructed and like the overall structure is really well put together and I think he really does a good job of that. It's a good story. It's told yeah. properly, I feel. Yeah. And I think the way he tells it it had kind of had to be that way. There were like some several like expositional scenes I feel like where they yeah. just had to like give that info. Um but I can't really think of a different way to do that necessarily. Um but maybe there there should be a better way. I don't know. But um yeah, I do. I get, I, like, I get where you're coming from, but it didn't. I don't think it bothered me maybe quite as much as it did for you. Like that wasn't something I like th- thought about after the movie. Um, I think all the elements that completely outweighed that. Um. No, I get, I get where you're coming from. It is a very well-made movie, and it's really it's a, it's an incredible movie. I feel like those negatives sound like I'm taking too much away from the movie, but mm-hmm. it, it's a really good film. I think some of the other things that stood out as well were the soundtrack throughout the movie with oh, yeah. the music in the background yeah. added a lot to the tension, and it didn't yeah. feel like one of those... Some movie soundtracks, you feel like they're guiding you and they're pushing you to feel something when it the acting doesn't line up properly, but the acting and the story and the plot tied in well with the soundtrack, I felt, a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was definitely very notable to me. Yeah, I, lo- I love the soundtrack. It was Johan Johansson, which who did Arrival, was it? too. Okay, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. There were slight, slight vibes for that. Yeah, yeah, he just passed away, I think, a couple months ago, too. Yeah, um, that's, yeah the score was incredible. The way that they built tension through, like, editing, lighting, camera work, and the score, it was, like, very, like, it was, like, 
it reminded me of like Inglorious Bastards of how yeah. like tension filled some of those scenes were. Like yeah. the raid scene, the scene where he goes with the family. Oh, we're going into spoilers now, so if you're, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so if you're still listening, yeah. go away. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the scene with the family at the end. Um, like there's some of those scenes and the way the music built with that was just incredible. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna look up this score after it. Yeah. <laughs> probably listen to it. It'll be fun to listen to on the side, especially when you can relate it to the other scenes in the film. Yeah, as I was saying last episode, because like Brokeback Mountain had a very good score too, and that's I think that's what makes me love a movie even more is when I can like go back and listen to the score and like remember the point, like where that was in the movie. Yeah, and not all movies can do that, but when they can, it like makes the movie stronger. It like builds. Like yeah. a memory, it's like how musicals are like structured. Like it really is, yeah. And yeah, I think that another movie like that was like Phantom Thread. The score right. was like a, a second, another yeah, character. Yeah, it's like a character. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, its own personality. Yeah, I would say that it wasn't necessarily a character maybe in this movie, but it, it added to the characters in it. Like it, it yeah. added to what it was going for. Like it was an element that like made it really like well put together. Agreed. Um, what parts do you think took away from the movie? What do you think were some of the negatives? Hmm. That's a good question. Do I have any negatives? <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. Um, and we'll get into it later, but how it compares to like his other movies. I think the the hardest going into it, I wasn't too interested in the plot, just because I'm not like super interested in like cartel stuff. I guess like I don't really have an interest in, like watching Narcos or anything. But I think the way they handled making it more of a personal story, specifically with Benicio del Toro made it more engaging for me but like when it was more of just like like cartel info like fbi raids like that is like not as quite as interesting so like i would say a movie like prisoners that he like also directed like yeah. i'm more just thoroughly engaged because I, I like that type of movie more but i was still really engaged in it but yeah it probably wouldn't be my favorite of his films but we'll talk about it yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I don't, other than that i don't really i don't Really? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, give, give me some negatives. Maybe I'll agree with them. I don't know. So I guess I guess the dialogue. The, yeah, the dialogue I didn't love. Um, some of the plot points felt a little unnecessary. Like, they were just adding them for the sake of adding them. Like, um, I don't remember his character's name and or the actor's name, but at the end, the guy who... Can I, can I talk about spoilers now? Yeah, yeah we're into okay, spoilers. Okay, we're, we're yeah. into spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, when the guy's sitting down at the end with, with Kate, and he's saying, you remind me so much of the daughter I lost, that guy, I thought his mm -hmm. story was... It didn't really pan out. Like, I understand that throughout the entire film, there was a theme of talking about the personal impact on people that this chaos has on people and this anarchy does. Mm -hmm. But... This one felt a little unrealistic in a way, and it didn't tie in properly enough because it doesn't come up until, like, maybe two-thirds of the way into the movie, and then all of a sudden mm. you realize that it's just this one really, really personal issue that this guy has that drives so much of the plot, ultimately. Because without him and without that personal motive and drive, you won't have the guy, like, this, this hitman, Sicario, going and murdering this family and countless yeah. people along the way. No, I see, I see where you're coming from. And I, it was interesting. It was, I think it was a very purposeful choice that they decided to reveal that so late. But it, it was almost like the whole movie they were showing that it was like a like a international problem and like there was it was like a citywide problem of like this like cartel and stuff like that. And so you see it from that perspective. And then 
the purpose of that adding that in is to like show like the personal aspect of it too and like bring it back down and show that it's affecting individuals lives as well so i kind of appreciate that it was in there for that reason but see i feel like we got that already through the cameo of silvio and his wife and son the one who like makes some eggs in bed and who goes to touch mm-hmm. the gun i mm-hmm. think it was those little uh moments in the movie where you see that there really is a personal impact to people and it feels weird when it's applied to one of the men who's creating that chaos he is he's the bad guy in a way he goes and just murdered an entire man's family and an innocent mm-hmm. police officer well in a way innocent i mean he else mm. but like he didn't deserve <laughs> to be killed on the side of a road and just left there yeah yeah, no, that's fair. But I think it, it also just adds more more perspectives. Like, it shows, that like, oh, Benicio Del Toro, like, the way he handled it. And I think a lot of what the movie was going for about, like, how the ways to handle violence, like, it shows that he's, like, a, he's not a perfect character. Like, he has flaws. Like, the way he went about it was not okay. And so by showing, like, Silvio's life and then Benicio Del Toro's life and then, like, this holistic perspective, too, like, it just shows that there's flaws to, like, almost every aspect of it and that there's no perfect way to handle the situation maybe yeah i get that i see where you're coming from it was it was definitely a complex plot overall there were Mm. several points throughout the movie where i'm sitting there and i'm like hold on what just happened (laughs) like yeah let me check wikipedia real quick on my phone um yeah i think i think the more you think about it like the more like smaller plots there were like i kind of forgot about the whole silvio thing in yeah. his family but like yeah. until you mentioned that I was like, oh wow they really like weaved that together pretty well I think. yeah um it gets really convoluted almost really quick because there's on one hand there's the whole the silvio thing you see that uh-huh. vignette throughout the film and you're like what's going on here and then it comes together but then you also see like is del toro in the cia is he in the cartel is he from the dod like kate is told initially um and there's all these it feels like all these subplots happening in the background that we're never fully aware of until supposedly all the pieces come together at the end yeah i think I, yeah actually it like it set the final scene up pretty well and like because it gave backstory to each of the characters before that final scene so like it played better than if you like saw that scene first and then heard the backstories later um it gave it more impact and more tension i think yeah I definitely think the structure of the film was very well put together. The way they weave the stories yeah. and the way they give the backstory, I think that was impressive. It was well put together, ultimately. I complain a lot. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I'm glad you're yeah. like, trying to find some negatives. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be here boasting the movie. I feel like at face value, another negative you could talk about is the fact that Kate Mercer is like the only female character we see throughout the entire film. Yeah. And I like I said, at face value, that's kind of like, what's going on here? But do you think that there's some sort of deeper reasoning for that? I'm not trying to endorse sexism in any way at all, obviously, but I, I, no, I, th- I, I think there's a message was, that comes with it. I think it's intentional. I think yeah. that it's just supposed to, it's supposed to show, like, maybe there were, uh, like, immorality of men. And, like, the like so she, by far, had the most differing perspective from everybody. Like, she believed yeah. in, like little violence and like handling it as peacefully as possible and she the whole movie was like disagreeing with how the way it was like coming together um and it was a necessary perspective to show like the like to like bring it back down to reality a bit um but every other character was a man so just like the the difference in gender i think helps 
like separate those a little bit more maybe. yeah i think it might also be a, a sort of metaphor um you see her she's very physically out of place in all the rooms and all these meetings you know she walks in and there's all these huge like six three guys who are mm-hmm. built and they're all carrying their military weapons and they're all decked out and everything and you see her and she's coming by in like a t-shirt with a pistol at her hip and she just looks so like just so much smaller in relation to the rest of those men so i think there's also like a very physical representation of that moral juxtaposition i think that's the second time i use that word now (laughs) great word (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely i I totally agree i think the whole purpose of that was just to like separate that even further very intentional Um, yeah and honestly i think it's almost the opposite of being sexist in the movie because it's almost like she's like empowering like she she is the one with the least flawed perspective on the whole thing like i mean she didn't really know how to handle the situation she really didn't do much to like do anything about it but she at least had the most like well she wanted innocent and naive perspective and like uh, morally centered perspective well no she wanted to try doing something but ultimately a gun was literally held to her head and she was forced to like sign documents saying she Mm -hmm. won't discuss anything that happened more or less yeah um which is difficult to watch at the end because you see that all this play out and it it feels like the good guys and morality ultimately loses um mm-hmm. they're not successful and you can see a continuation of the chaos and that final scene of the kid playing soccer and the gunshots in the distance mm-hmm. brings it so far back to reality because no matter what you do mm-hmm. there's there's going to be chaos in a way um which actually reminds me of a small tidbit of that conversation that del toro had with that man that he killed and the rest of his family at that dinner table mm-hmm. he the i think that was manuel diaz maybe or I think maybe yeah um either way he said the people who sent you here are no different think about who created all of this and i think that's actually a very real political issue that we have in the world because there's a lot of documented evidence that the united states is kind of just forced its hand in central and south america and just mm-hmm. gone in guns a blazing and created all the issues that we have with like the war on drugs and um, just literally funneling money to corrupt governments that and these states that sponsor these cartels and these drug dealers and mm-hmm. it creates the violence and so it's a question of like here we are on the u.s side and it seems like there's only one sane person who realizes we're creating this mm-hmm. and by by we i mean the, um, the united states government i don't support it <laughs> but um <laughs> if i've run for president i don't believe that the united states should continue doing this Screen for president. disclaimer yeah. <laughs> but no, no it's, absolutely yeah. i think that probably was the message that denis Villeneuve was going for that the, every character in this movie had the same flawed idea and like they would like torture people and they would shy away from it. like the camera didn't even show that scene they would focus yeah. on like, the drain instead yeah. of the, the scene and it's, it's the way America is turning a blind eye to yeah. all of this and like what exactly we're doing and Emily Blunt is the only character that is like seeing through it and is the only one that's saying anything about it but at the end she's not doing anything about it like she tries but it fails yeah she can't because there's you a know? whole system against her even like Del yeah. Toro says when he's talking to one of the guys in the FBI, I think, says, like, the guy in the FBI says he wants to come see the interrogation, and Del Toro says, better that you don't come, that way you can reasonably say you don't know what happened. Exactly. Like, plausible um, deniability. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's literally state-sponsored interrogations and torture and, you know, mm-hmm. committing human rights violations with no one really noticing, and 
even if this particular story isn't true, it's it's definitely a representation of what actually happens in, in the yeah. United States and surrounding countries. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's exactly what yeah. they're going for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, so before we get into more of those discussion points, um, I had some other thoughts. Um, okay, wait, well, yeah. So going off of that a little bit, um, at the beginning of the movie, she, uh, Emily Blunt, Kate, what was her name? Kate Mercer? Kate Mercer, I think. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Emily Blunt, she's John Krasinski's wife, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's taken. <laughs> she, I, that's not my question. I'm just trying to like make sure I know who my actors and actresses mm-hmm. are. Yeah, the girl from A Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah I, I re- that's what I thought yeah, I knew yeah, yeah. her from. Um, Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> really good movie, yeah. She's a pretty good American accent. In here, I think. Is she not American? Yeah, she's British. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so oh, is, so that's is Daniel why... Kaluuya, the, the, bl- the is he black also guy. British? Yeah, they're both British. Yikes. I didn't know yeah. that. Is that why you said at the beginning of the movie when the raid started, you're like, can you be an FBI agent if you're British? Yeah. And I was like, why would well, you say fir- that? The first line, she was like, I swear she said it with a full-on British accent. And I was no like, way. wait, what? <laughs> and I knew she was British, too, so it, like maybe it just kind of like slipped yeah, out a little bit. Yeah, you expected it. So I was like, huh? That's I didn't think that was allowed. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize. I was like, you said that, and I was... Like, what are you saying, Nick? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, huh? Okay, yeah. No, that's exactly that's why I asked it. I think Daniel Kaluuya, there was one line he said, too, that it, like, stuck out to me. Really? I was like, hmm. <laughs> I did not notice. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so back to the point I was trying to make with Emily Blunt, Kate, Kate Mercer's character. Yeah. Um, uh, at the beginning of the film, after she takes a shower, I th- I'm, I'm assuming this is, like, intentional, because it probably is, because he's, like, very artistic about this but yeah. he gets she gets out of the shower and looks in the mirror and it actually has that thing that they don't really do in movies where there's actually like fog on the on the mirror, the mirror or whatever yeah. because of the hot shower and you couldn't really see her face and it was like she was looking at the mirror but she couldn't really see her face and normally like in movies mirrors is like a like a type of reflection like yeah. this is kind of like a yeah. like a thing um and so she couldn't see herself and it's almost to show, I think, that she's like hiding. She can't. She doesn't see the reality of what this world is going to be yeah. like. And it's like a, like a way to introduce you, like, oh my gosh, like she has no idea. And then by the end of the movie, what's most interesting is how like a movie, like a character, has an arc over time. And like yeah. she, you're supposed to go from like, in this case, she was naive at the beginning, and then she's like adjusted to the world, and she's like become one of it. So I was expecting her. There's two scenes where I thought she was going to do something that she didn't do, and I really appreciated that. The first scene was when she had to sign the paper. I thought she was going to much more willingly do it because she had just become like she like finally saw the perspective and realized there was no hope. But then she did. I mean, she signed the paper, but like it was he, very he, forced. He, very yeah. forced. Like it was not her decision at all. Yeah. And at the end, then she grabs the gun. I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. Like she's going to kill this man, and she's basically going to be him because now she's killing people that. Or whatever. So it's like, oh, this is the moment, and then she doesn't kill him, and it's it's kind of hopeful almost. It's like it doesn't give you that arc, like yeah. it doesn't give you the satisfaction of her becoming immoral like everybody else. But I think Please. that's also a good thing. It's like a it's a success yeah, and exactly. a victory like, for hopeful. morality. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. just go and sh- shoot a man in the back as he's walking away. Mm-hmm. But her story was peculiar. I thought it it was definitely like stood out from the rest of the characters and their plots and it's obviously mm-hmm. intentional that that happened um there was something i was going to add and it mm-hmm. totally escaped me <laughs> Very good. um but there's like with that mirror going back to that there's a sort mm-hmm. of ambiguity about who she's becoming because she initially volunteers for that team thinking that's going to create good and as soon as she realizes that's not the case is when she starts to question it and 
you know, feel like she's unsure of what she's encouraging, what she's becoming complicit in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that might be another take on it, but I didn't actually yeah. notice that the first time. That was a good, good catch. Yeah. Now, the whole time I was like, I feel like that mirror thing's going to be important. I was expecting <laughs> the last scene in the movie to her be looking at a mirror and she yeah. like wipes away the fog. <laughs> I was like, ah, there's Clarity. the arc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was like, there was, I don't know, was there an arc? Like, do you think she had an arc? Do you think she changed? She's just more aware of the situation, but she didn't change her opinion at all. Like, she didn't, there was no evolution, I feel like. Yeah, I, th yeah, I think you're right. There wasn't, if anything, it was just a strengthening of her personal mm -hmm. beliefs like and reinforcement. Morals. Yeah, just a reinforcement. Um, but maybe, maybe, you can argue that that's an arc, maybe. In a way, yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, but it's not because it's, it's she's more or less the same person that she was at the beginning of the movie, just kind of more beat up and more cynical, probably. Yeah, but that you don't see the cynicism taking place and actually taking root because she never shoots him, Del Toro, and she never. Mm -hmm. It it kind of just you feel like she's collapsing, mm -hmm. and she doesn't really know how to properly deal with the situation. Yeah, and I don't think this like lack of an arc is like by any means like a, a negative towards the film like it's it's definitely not the norm of like what you learn in film or like what you try to do in a story yeah but i think it almost it like draws attention to it like afterward you're like oh my god she, she didn't really change like and it, it made it more impactful that way and i think that was like that's why i really like taylor sheridan because he he takes those like tropes that you might find in a film and he like he flips them like he like makes it like something you wouldn't expect like there was like multiple times i thought something was gonna happen and it didn't yeah actually now that i think about it very few of the characters even had arcs to begin with like mm -hmm. each one was finished the movie effectively the same person they were when it began and yeah i, I mean, mean the only arc is maybe the revenge that benicio del toro gets exactly but his opinion doesn't change his personality no, doesn't change exactly is he, he still goes really more satisfied like he's yeah. still immoral he tried to he, like threaten to kill emily blunt at the end yeah of the and then call it a suicide mm -hmm. he's still the same person i think yeah. that's i think that's the point of the movie and you know you kind of see it a little bit in like prisoners and denis villeneuve's other movie mm -hmm. um the characters are still the same at the end of that movie as well and i think the point mm -hmm. of it is that you get this two-hour glimpse into this world where there's all this chaos and all these random characters that are thrown into it. And rather than actually learning from what the world tosses at them, they instead just become more reinforced in their own ideas and thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that de I think that definitely applies to Sicario as well as, as prisoners. You know, each character is the same person that they were at the beginning. And it's that's the beauty, I think, of Sicario is that you see this world from start to finish and you know that before the movie began, the same things were happening. And then after the movie ended, the same things were happening. So it leaves you as a more cynical person who's like, well, <laughs> mm -hmm. to heck with it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it totally adds to the like, political message we were talking about. Like It's just like it's just a glimpse into that world and it shows that like beginning to end like nothing changed like nothing is being done like that's like the problem we're in um so i think the lack of arcs for like almost every character was like totally like for the purpose of that message yeah um that's really cool yeah <laughs> i was curious this there's definitely some implications on american politics foreign policy in these countries and as mm -hmm. well as like how we view Mex Mexico and drug cartels operating within them and all that. Do you think the fact that the movie was 
released, produced and released all before you have like the evolution of Donald Trump and mm-hmm. build the wall and all that. Do you think if you push the movie back three years and it's written in the context of Donald Trump, it would have affected the movie in the way it is perceived? Maybe. Because I, I feel like if I watch it when it came out in 2015, I, I may be reacting it slightly differently. Yeah. Like, I feel like I maybe I, that message wouldn't have come out quite as strong. I feel like, if anything, the message has just been f- more and more reinforced, and it's just become a bigger issue, and it's, like, yeah. more relevant now. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, excuse <laughs> the politics. <laughs> yeah, not but to just, get political. <laughs> yeah, no, it just slowly came to mind because, like, it, it there's a political dynamic in our country, and obviously it's constantly evolving and so it's like when you watch citizen kane now probably has a lot more weight all of a sudden today than it did maybe 10 years ago because mm-hmm. of the political climate that we were in mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. There was, and idiocracy when we watched that the other yeah, week exactly same thing like i feel like it would have been almost a more interesting movie if it was made now in our like current climate because yeah. like the way terry cruz like who was the president's character <laughs> is so similar to trump in yeah. like a weird amount of ways <laughs> like, yeah. it's like yeah. uh, it's, it's not even like purposeful at the time you know like it was just like a coincidence yeah, but it's like exactly. kind of scary how accurate it is now i feel like they could have played into that same thing like i think certain movies just like become more relevant in different times it's just like how you perceive them which is kind of interesting that we watch like these movies at this time yeah it really is but also we're looking for something to tie into the our current issues you know we're always doing that trying to give meaning to what whatever in life but (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's my philosophy class (laughs) i'm glad you bring that in (laughs) what else is on your handy little note sheet oh yeah um some other notes um Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the violence for a second. I thought the violence in the movie was really impactful. Like, the, the earlier on in the movie, like, maybe a half an hour in, there was that scene when they're trying to cross the border back again, and the cars are, like, all stuck in traffic or whatever, and they, like, shoot um, the people. And, like, that shot, like, it, like, it made me startle, like, a little bit. I was just totally taken aback. It's the way the sound design worked and the editing and just, like, the way it was shot like made it more impactful and it like really it jolted me like i was like oh okay yeah. that's this is what we're doing like okay yeah and, and even like up until that point there, i don't know if there had been really any violence in the film yet um that yeah. i can think of and then all of a sudden you just like hear these like someone opens a door and all of a sudden you hear three four quick shots and mm-hmm. four people are dead all of a sudden in the middle of this highway and on the border between yeah. Mexico and U.S. It happened so fast, too. It's exactly, like, yeah. It's one thing, and boom, 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 like, four people are dead. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. yeah it's, it's totally like, affecting. Yeah, it's very um, jolting, and you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And then what was interesting, too, is back to that scene where they go and torture him, and then they show the drain. Yeah. It's like, that is very intentional. It, like, shows the contrast of, like, what they show and what they don't show. Like, yeah. when they, they're purposely not showing that scene because, like, people are shying away from that in general and people don't like to talk about that but then, then when it's like the bad guy and they're like shooting the bad like you know like it's when we're doing something wrong they don't want to see it but like when it's when they're doing so, like the other people are doing so wrong and we kill them yeah it's more justified like yeah it's like that weird it doesn't feel right it doesn't sit well yeah exactly um honestly when i saw that drain and they started zooming in on it given i i knew it was like an interrogation i expected to see like little drip of blood rolling yeah. going down into the drain you, know, you didn't need it like it, we both thought didn't, that but you didn't yeah, need it like, i don't know i there were definitely some weird noises i heard and i wasn't sure what was going on yeah, there exactly yeah. I, <laughs> I don't really want to know like yeah, yeah. It, i heard gr- it was like it the guy's crotch was up in this other guy's face and then all of a sudden you hear weird grunting yeah but, it was just like you can put it together yourself i don't really want to <laughs> I, I can't put, i don't know what would happen yeah. um yeah, I don't know. I thought the water jug was next to the drain too, so I thought they were gonna do like some sort of water torture. Yeah, I thought like maybe. waterboarding or something. Yeah, like waterboarding. But... Yeah, 
I, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> no, the violence but it, was... it leaves it. It's like it's scarier because now we're picturing like horrible things in our head. It's because they didn't show it. If they showed yeah. it, like I feel like it's almost less impactful that yeah. way. Yeah, the violence was definitely in, it was very stark. It just mm-hmm. came out of nowhere and it was very instantaneous. And it was treated with so little weight. The only person who actually valued a human life, regardless of their race, was was uh, Kate Mercer, whatever her name is, the Emily actress. Blunt. Yeah. Emily Blunt. <laughs> um, and even like in the initial raid, there are two American officers killed in that house, that that very first mission. Oh yeah. yeah. And the chief of in that DA whatever who sends Emily Blunt on that mission, all he says is like, oh yeah, like it was a great mission, save for those two guys that got screwed. And there's like no value placed on humanity. It's just each person is a pawn who's trying to fight for something. But that gets so messed up because we don't know who's fighting for what at any point. Um, we see, like, the American police officer who becomes corrupted. We see this mm-hmm. guy, Del Toro, who's fighting for very personal reasons, who's gone from everything from the cartel to the Americans to I don't even know what else. And Emily Blunt's the only person who sits there that actually fights for something that feels like it's right. Yeah. I think every person's, like, morality is just totally like, flipped on its head. Like the whole movie you just like don't know what decisions are being made like what is ethical what is not like what should be done which what isn't being done um it's just really interesting i think that totally displays to the script too yeah um, but yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. so we do have to know so at the beginning like as we were watching the movie at the beginning we didn't have subtitles on oh yeah and so apparently maybe yeah. it's just the copy we like <laughs> i bought on itunes or something it didn't show the subtitles for the spanish speaking parts yeah i feel like i'll take slight responsibility for that because the subtitles were on at the beginning and i asked for them to be turned off yeah, or, yeah <laughs> which i didn't think would be a problem but yeah like does? halfway through we're like there's like there's like a three minute scene in Spanish. Yeah. And we're like, I feel like this should we should be knowing what's happening, right? Like, <laughs> this seems like kind of weird. Just like, I'm, I'm kind of picking it up. Like, and like, I was literally I wrote that down. I'm like, oh my god, like he's a genius. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my god, this is a metaphor. Like, <laughs> exactly. And like, then we turn it on. I don't know. Maybe, but also like maybe there actually isn't subtitles in the. And when we turn the subtitles on, it just translated it for us. I have no idea. I don't and even know. I, I yeah, I couldn't say. But um, but I thought. I, that ignoring the whether or not we had subtitles on, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cool how Villeneuve decided to do that. Like this constant transition between English and Spanish, mm-hmm. and even in the most intense moments of fighting and violence, um, you have this going back and forth between English and Spanish, and it kind yeah. of highlights that. Sure, this is happening just over the border, but they're entirely different cultures with two very different types of people and. It, it feels like, especially when you start switching into Spanish, when, like, Del Toro switches into Spanish or any mm-hmm. of the Americans switch into Spanish, it feels, like, antagonizing almost. That, Interesting. Because oftentimes the victims are these, like, Mexican, or maybe they're not from Mexico, I'm not really sure what countries were involved by the end mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. But it seems like they're... The, the bad men are the ones who speak in English, but the ones who they're who the Americans have to speak in Spanish to are often... Like, just more bystanders. They're not really trying to get involved in the situation. 
That's interesting. I didn't think about that. And yeah, I think at the end, the, that reminds me of like at the last scene yeah. when he's with the family and yeah. he's speaking Spanish when he's not talking about like bad stuff. And then mm-hmm. he's like, do your kids speak English? And they're like, no. And then he switched to English yeah. and all of a sudden they're talking about much more serious and yeah. horrible Which evil is kind of like Inglorious Bastards. I thought of that opening scene of Inglorious Bastards yeah. with that. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, but that, yeah. yeah, and then he just goes and blindly murders this family. And yeah. You're like, in what world, in what person's mind is that remotely okay? Yeah. It is, I think it just adds more to the like, dichotomy that they're going for. Like, besides the gender thing, the, the language barrier, too, um, between English and Spanish shows, like, this good and evil thing as well. It's just more and more reinforcement yeah. of, like, what's good and what's bad. Yeah, and the biggest example I can think of where they were speaking Spanish, and at this point, of course, we still hadn't turned on the subtitles. I don't know what was being said. <laughs> so it would be nice if this scene had context because I didn't understand it, but it was when... Um, after the first mission that Emily Blunt goes on with the CIA, whatever, they come back and there's these groups of Mexicans and it looks seemed like they were deporting some people and they just kind of blindly chose some groups. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what happened there, but yeah, I'm not, I don't really remember exactly this part, but it was like Emily Blunt and Daniel Kalua roll up to this police thing mm-hmm. and there's like some interrogation and that's when they first initially confront del toro and oh right, right, right. okay and that's when you have like the like literally a giant group of mexicans who are just like sitting there on the floor and right. these american soldiers like antagonizing them and they pick like three random groups and then send the rest of the people on some buses mm-hmm. and i don't remember where the buses even went mm-hmm. again i that scene was mostly in spanish so i missed out on what happened but I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna pretend that it was intentional that we weren't supposed to read it. And I think, I think it, I benefited, benefited from it, like a little bit. You think? I guess, kind of. I thought, like, the, what my reasoning I was gonna go into is that, like, I could kind of pick up on the general idea of what they were talking about. Like, it, like one of the main scenes that, that we didn't catch was like Silvio and his son, like yeah. talking, and the gun was right next to it. But I could totally pick up that conversation, yeah, without understanding like almost any of the Spanish, and. It was, it was kind of like to add to that evil thing. Like you're only understanding the English, which is like evil and corruption. Yeah. And you're not understanding the good part. So it almost like stood out to me more that it's like, oh, this is like, this is bad. And I'm only seeing the bad. I'm not seeing the good. I'm like, I am I'm yeah. watching the good, but I'm not in it. And I'm not like. You're more there. of a bias. And that's like really what, as Americans, we kind of are because we just charge in blow some stuff up shoot a couple of people and say like yeah we we did it let's call it a day mm-hmm. and when in reality we just made a lot of the situations worse but i i really i, I want to go back to that i just love that little cameo with that father and his family yeah. um like the scene where the kid brings the eggs to him in bed and asks to play soccer with him like yeah it's just so it brings wholesome. it back down yeah yeah and that whole conversation happens the father wakes up and the kid brings eggs and it's the whole interaction happens three feet away from an assault rifle yeah then they slowly back up and yeah. you see the gun and it just like yeah. it brings it back into that reality exactly. that's like and they're just sitting in this yeah, yeah. disheveled bedroom of this small little probably one story like farmhouse basically mm-hmm. um and it just felt so human yeah, because of the because of the darkness of that gun right in front of the beauty of a father and his son, kind yeah. of bonding, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was like again that was like totally intentional. Like Sheridan is like yeah. showing you that there's like 
innocent like he's showing you that there is still good but then he brings it back and he like strips that away from you and shows the gun yeah. like he's constantly like he won't quite give you that satisfaction he like he like teases it and then he doesn't doesn't like give you yeah. it, you know and if i remember correctly maybe i'm giving too much weight to this but i think mm-hmm. the kid in that scene was the only person that had or the only object even that had a full lighting on him from the window the father was kind of sitting on in some shade mm. cross-legged okay. on the bed eating and the gun was definitely like it, I didn't notice it until the kid went to go point at it, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so the, the center of attention is definitely, like, this kid in the middle who's right. literally caught between it all, between, like, yeah. a corrupt police officer and who happens to be his father as well as, you know, this assault rifle. Yeah, absolutely. No, that shot is almost, like, representative of the whole movie. It's, like, yeah. this good, and then there's the evil, like, right there, like, right next to it. And, you almost, like, like you said, like, you didn't even, like, notice it right away because the way it's exactly, shot yeah. makes you focus on the kid. Like, you're trying to see the good, but the evil's, like, right there. Like, yeah. That's a really beautiful shot. Yeah. Since we're speaking of, of shots and lighting, I feel That's like... next thing. Yeah, we can't miss this. We have to talk about that scene, man, with the, the, the night rain. vision. And the, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. That... <laughs> That's, like, up there with, like, some of the best scenes, I think, it that was just, I've seen ever. It was honestly just beautiful in a convoluted, weird way. Yeah, it, I mean, it had the tension filled of, like, the opening scene of yeah. Inglourious Bastards. Like, yeah. like, I was, like, so drawn in, and the way they would bounce back from, like, the, like, the inverted thermal. colors. The, yeah. Yeah, and then the, 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 like, the actual night vision of the green or whatever, oh, and then yeah. back to normal. Oh, yeah. The way they like weave those together, and the way the score was like building yeah. up, and, and the you editing, have the drone shots too, and then the, the drone, drone. Shot, yeah, yeah. It was just like the way all like it, you really understood the situation you're in, and yeah. it gave you like all these different perspectives, and it exactly. just culminated in this one yeah. moment. Everything just felt like it clicked so well. There wasn't this like this poor disconnection between like when you go from the night vision to the thermal. Like it just f- flows so smoothly. Yeah. Like it's. That's how you actually perceive life, almost. But yeah. <laughs> that's not how it works, obviously. Yeah. That scene was awesome, and the the yeah. coloring with that yeah, it dusk. Was beautiful. Oh, oh my god. god! The cinematography in this movie is just phenomenal. It was like, really. It was. Like, I want a poster of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, every shot, you could just be like, "Yep, that's like yeah. that's just art." Like this movie is art. Like Roger Deakins. This is like some of his best work. Like this is insane. This is like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Beautiful. <laughs> like, yeah. That. Oh, my, there were a couple of shots that you just. Um, I for some reason I thought of that final shot in like twenty forty nine when Ryan Gosling is in the snow and yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, drone yeah, just yeah, goes yeah. oh that was an incredible shot yeah I think I think I'm almost positive that was Roger Deakins too the same, I, yeah I think so. same and director it's, and it's same yeah yeah it um, adds up <laughs> yeah like he he really knows how to focus well like on every aspect and like get that like every aspect perfect like it just molds together so well like the way the lighting like the lighting was so purposeful in so many shots like yeah. um, near the ending scene where he's uh, Benicio del Toro is trying to get Kate Mercer to sign the yeah. thing of course he's still and in the shadow at that he's point he's in the shadow you can't even like see his face yeah. and she's like totally lit up yeah. she's, like, and the she's good, so he's the beat bad, up but like, she's, she's the good and she's lit up and then mm-hmm. you, she has a black eye and she yeah. looks awful like yeah. she does like she looks stressed and sullen and just exhausted mm-hmm. and you the goodness is bared in full light you know how beat up it is and in the shadows is this man with a gun who is cold and plastic there's no sort of he just looks like a rock yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah 
like that was not even the only scene too like there would be oh, scenes no. like like right before that raid started too which is beautiful like the, yeah. like every like SWAT member was totally in black again like the antagonistic and, evil and their silhouettes they're, sinking they're all into just the, silhouettes oh yeah. my god that and was just like beautiful the sun like the, the dusk or whatever was like behind it and like they yeah. were lit up so perfectly yeah and like they would they had that one shot of the, the five of them walking in unison like towards I was just like literally I was like wow <laughs> like I feel yeah. like outwardly spoken because I just couldn't hold it in I was like this no, is it was beautiful it really was <laughs> and I loved seeing there was a metaphorical weight to me of the silhouettes literally sinking into the landscape in front of them mm-hmm. they're it's dark black and as they walk further they go into their horizon and then all of a sudden you don't see them anymore and it's kind mm-hmm. of like these people are they're, like they're going all in yeah right? they're going all in and they're falling into the darkness they're like being yeah. swallowed by this environment and this culture of violence and immorality um and they're they lose themselves as a result like there's no individuality between the characters mm-hmm. um there are only like four people who have some sort of personality are emily blunt daniel kalua del toro and brolin and yeah even the like between those four there's really like just two defining character traits between the four yeah like good and bad and violent and non-violent yeah i think like taylor sheridan again like he knows how to separate those values like it's very clear which side each person is on and you get that just from other side things like the gender thing and the language barrier like you you pick up on those things and so when they speak english or speak spanish it's very clear like whether it's good or evil like the way that he separates that ideology is like is very clear daniel kalu is also i think the only black guy i see in the movie i don't know if i see any other african-americans uh, I don't think so. Yeah, and there none. Uh, certainly, no one with who's given a name or some significant level of dialogue. He's yeah. the only one. Pro- and I think probably adds to it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just another another minority who's in this group of all these white guys going in and just blowing stuff up and killing mm-hmm. people. And then he's again one of the only voices of reason. Yeah, and. I guess to the the difference in race probably comes up again when he thought John Bernthal, who was like the the hitman, like the hitman quote unquote, that uh, was trying to sleep with Emily Blunt's character. Oh yeah, him? and so he thought he yeah. was like a friend, mm-hmm. and then he wasn't. So like, I prob- maybe I don't yeah. know, but like the race way. and the difference in color might add to that like dichotomy again. Yeah, maybe that um, scene was also I didn't up until that point I thought the whole thing of like Emily Blunt and her relationship status mm-hmm. like was really weird like I, I felt like it didn't matter to me I didn't really care if she was yeah. in a relationship or not um, and it was a weird arc and it was a weird way to make Emily Blunt even more of a victim um, mm-hmm. yeah I, 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 there was purpose like for a while I was like why is this in here I literally wrote yeah. that down I was like why are they mentioning like the, like the cigarettes and like how horrible she looks and they're constantly yeah. reminding her all the time and I think it adds specifically to the scene with John Bernthal and them sleeping together. It, like it shows her desperation and how it's like she was saying like, "Oh, no guys like seen me in a bra in a long time." And, yeah, like, that whole thing, and it just like shows how vulnerable and how easy she is to succumb to that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and I think and that's it, what the cigarettes add, are ultimately. I don't think yeah, I remember it's we talked her about succumbing halfway to through. an addiction, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's like leading on those bad habits that she has. It's. Mm-hmm. It took me a, <laughs> a it's while like, to realize that actually. Yeah, it's it like just this like, naivety, like it's like this whole like yeah. innocence thing, and how she isn't so, like ready for the world. Um, yeah, and it just shows her like vulnerability. Yeah, um, and that's that's the least innocent she'll ever is, she'll ever be is like smoking a cigarette on her balcony, and, and she's not killing people the way these other guys are. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and another thing about that one scene is I, I've recently learned this in like film school is that like the, the big film guy, uh, big is film that guy. What you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because like in most movies, there's this thing which I didn't know is like if you break the movie into like eight parts, like around the fifth or sixth part of the movie, there's this like almost obligatory like romance scene, like it's almost like a break from the rest of the movie, and like some character has some sort of romance, and at the beginning of the movie, I was like, okay, it might, it might be like Daniel Kaluuya and. Um, Emily Blunt together and then it's like that didn't happen and then when John Berthold came I was like oh okay here's the scene we're gonna have like a nice like random night with some guy <laughs> and then it's just gonna move on yeah. and Taylor Shannon again he flips it on its head and makes it like this dramatic yeah. tension filled scene and like he doesn't let you have that satisfaction he doesn't let you have the break that most movies have well do you want that break though in this movie I mean kind of really yeah, I mean, I, I I appreciate more and I respect the the choice to yeah. not include it, and I think that's more impactful ultimately. But mm -hmm. just as like a person, I was like kind of hoping I would get some sort of thing, even though I know I like it, may, it would make the film better if they didn't do it. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Call it the cynic in me, but I was when I saw that really like that Emily Blunt thing, like she was nearly gonna hook up with this guy. I was like, mm -hmm. come on, like is that really all this movie's gonna devolve into? Like, <laughs> like. Like you see a movie like Top Gun, and the entire <laughs> plot is centered around this one guy like flying a plane or trying to get with this like his teacher or whatever, and mm -hmm. I don't know, it just feels so generic. And when I saw that didn't happen in Sicario, it was yeah. very satisfying because it's like yeah. this movie's okay, breaking fair, free. Yeah. It's like getting away from this typical structure of a Hollywood film, and it's like focusing yeah. on literally like how dark and messed up some events are and how yeah. our world really is. Um, yeah. Because life doesn't just, you don't just get a break like that all of a sudden. Like halfway through your case, you just go to a, a bar, have a drink, and then hook up with some random guy, and then and then you're back into it. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Something's always haunting you. Exactly. It's it's more realistic, and it, it's a more, like, depressing and haunting, like, theme that they use. It just, it just works better. And I think Taylor Sheridan, the way he, like flips all of these things on its head and like doesn't go by the norm of like what uh, like a film you might expect or like there were so many moments that i just felt like were unexpected and i like, didn't see coming and like it didn't give you that normal beat that you were expecting like adds to it and it makes it more impactful yeah and I, it, even going back to, well if we want to get back into the nuances of it there's emily blunt literally says i just tried to have sex with my hitman which is <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's already one thing to like watch that and then perceive that on your own, but then when she goes outright and says it, you're like, "Wow! Like we really do live like this is messed up. It's really messed up." Yeah. All right. Yeah. What if you um, not checked off? Yeah. Um, let's see it. We've got ten minutes. Nine minutes. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Uh, we have a little bit. It runs a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we've talked about it a lot. Um, by yeah, we talked about that. Um, I will say the scene of. Benicio del Toro finally getting that revenge um, with the hitman, like, or mm -hmm. I guess Miguel, I think it's. I think that's Manuel, I, maybe. Or Manuel, yeah. It I wasn't think. made very clear. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if, like, how much it matters, but just, I think the, the way that scene was created was just, like, awesome. Um, yeah. It was just so tension-filled. Like, that scene compares to the scene, I think, with the raid. Like, what, what do you think? Like, which, what, do you, what do you think? Which scene was better, like... Like, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> from an action perspective and just like a cinematogra cinematography one, I like the raid one more. Mm -hmm. But the dinner one had its merits for sure. Like when you see him yeah. walk out of the hallway and then he's standing there at the end of the hall and you're looking and you just see his silhouette. More more of these shadows, of course. And yeah. he's he's framed by the light. 
and mm-hmm. but he is completely like you can't see anything and right across from him is a family having dinner um like a totally normal family and you know what's coming you know he's gonna go and whip out a gun and he's going to kill someone like someone is going to suffer and you just you don't know who mm-hmm. or why because at this point yeah. we still don't really know the full extent of this guy's desire for revenge like, yeah, you think it's they, just like, they don't give you that background, and like so, when that scene comes, you feel like you don't. Have, I felt like I didn't know enough about this character, and I didn't know his motivation. Yeah, and so I almost like leaned on the family, and I felt more victimized, like they did, mm-hmm. because I, I like could empathize with them rather than him. So he felt more like this scary figure, like this in this black like outfit coming and approaching oh, yeah, his family, all black and, like, with a, a pistol uh, yeah, in his again, hand. Yeah, the whole black thing. Like, yeah, this absolutely like this whole thing and it just it makes you empathize more with them and it just it adds more like it, you would think that you would like want the revenge you want to be satisfied by his revenge and that's what this movie has come to his, his personal like revenge and it, it, i didn't feel that at least, i didn't know which i like better i don't know it i mean what he did was really messed up even if that guy manuel assuming he's manuel did kill his his wife and daughter Mm-hmm. It's like you don't want to just go and murder another man's family, that especially at like a dinner table on just some regular weeknight. Like that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, the way he yeah he kills the family instead of him first. Yeah. And he lets him like it's like it's more gruesome. It's yeah. more impactful. Like he's just like he kills everyone else and lets exactly. him like, sit and he's like finish your food. Like and then you see that <laughs> like moment of humanity linger in it. Yeah. Yeah. Not not in Del Toro, but the yeah. humanity and the other man because he's yeah, you feel he bad. literally just watched his family get murdered yeah. point blank and you see the tears and his 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 how he's shaking and he can't even he's frozen uh-huh. and then. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Another thing. Sorry. Um, no, <laughs> another, you're fine. <laughs> is that when they when he shoots him, is he, the the camera stays on his face and doesn't mm-hmm. sh- show the fact that he the kids and the and the wife have been shot. And yeah, it probably you just hear three it's, bullets. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. But you know exactly what happened. It's the same thing with the drain shot, where it's like yeah. they pr- probably did it to like not show you and let you like see the bad guy. You know, like what America is like. They're the bad guy. They're letting them do this and that, yeah. like. It's the same thing in this shot. Like they're showing him instead of like, like the actual killing. They're showing the reaction to the killing, which yeah. is more impactful. Exactly. And at that point, like, this Del Toro has gone completely rogue. It feels mm-hmm. like, but his actions are really still sponsored by the American government. Like he's still obviously using yeah. all American equipment. And then it's representative of what yeah. the government's doing. Yeah. And he's I still know. literally like he's an agent for the FBI or CIA. I think not the FBI. Definitely the CIA. Um, and the world just turns a blind eye to it mm-hmm. um it's just yeah it's a dark it reveals a dark stain i guess on american foreign policy yeah but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the more we talk about it, i think that's definitely yeah. exactly what it's going for i didn't, oh, I didn't totally get that at the beginning but yeah. now that we talk about it, i i totally see yeah. that and that's which is interesting too because Denis Villeneuve is like Canadian <laughs> just yeah, like he is. the way like I don't know, it's interesting <laughs> that this is like one of the first english movies he's had and like <laughs> He chose to do this. Um, yeah. Quick yeah. note to to our listeners: look up American misconduct in Southern and Central America. Learn a lot about Plan Colombia. Go and do your research. You'll realize just how messed up American foreign policy is sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. What what um, tying notes do we have? Um. Yeah. We so we talked about the lighting. It's phenomenal. It's, it really um, was. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about let's rank it. Um. 
before we close. So okay. I, I, how? So, to remind you, I've seen a lot of his films now. So, he started off with like, you haven't seen this Polytechnique, which is like. I have not. I remember when you watched that. Yeah, it's basically a taste. It's a, it's in some city in, um, in Canada. Is it Montreal? One. It's Montreal or Quebec, I think. I think it's Montreal. I think you're right. Um, yeah. And it's a, it takes place at the school shooting. I haven't seen essentially. it. Yeah. Um, and it's based on a true story, and it's incredibly dark and depressing and brutal. Um, so there's that one, but maybe I'll include that, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And then um, I haven't seen Ensemble, which is his next one. And then uh, Prisoners, which we've both seen together. Mm-hmm. Um, Enemy, which you haven't seen. I need to see that. need to see. I love Jake Gyllenhaal, and I, I love Denis Villeneuve's films. And I, I, yeah. I, I want for, to see yeah. that. For anyone who hasn't seen this movie, go see it. Uh, we'll get to my ranking better, but I love that movie. Dad, I know um, you're listening, and I know you didn't want to watch that with me one night. So, oh my God, <laughs> sir, <laughs> please go see this movie. Um, um, yeah, and then Sicario, and, and then um, what, uh, 2016. Oh, Rival, of course, yeah, and, and then, then Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049, and uh, those are the ones we're we'll right, ranked. So, so, go. <laughs> I think I've seen. All the Denis Villeneuve films I've seen, I think I saw with you, maybe with the exception of Rival. We saw the intro together the other yeah, night. Yeah, we've rewatched it. We, that <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great movie. So I, I have to put Arrival probably as my favorite. Okay. And what I like about that is it kind of escapes this kind of dark, cynical stuff. And it's just like an awesomely written movie. It's, it's, it's so cool. It, it is awesome. The yeah, themes I, in that movie is great. I just, wish I hadn't seen that, yeah. so I could just talk about that on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That opening scene, when you realize what it means, just... Yeah, the way it ties oh at the God. end, it's like, oh, so the movie's about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, gotcha. I cried twice in the Not movie, a sci-fi and movie. both <laughs> times were like the intro scene, and then when you see it again at the end, you realize uh-huh. what happened. Um, yeah. So Arrival's my the, number one. The ending scene again. <laughs> we'll just go, yeah, let's just do it. Um, so okay. Arrival's my number one. Okay. Arrival's number one. Probably prisoners. After mm-hmm. that one took a while to grow on me. When I first saw it, I was like, yeah. "What did I just watch?" I remember this us is like, getting in a pretty heated debate yeah, about we it. Did. <laughs> yeah. you, didn't, you didn't like yeah. it that much and at first. I did not, and I was doing research on it it's during angry. my philosophy class the next day, and I was yeah. like, "Hold we were, on." We were sending articles to each other yeah. about like yeah. God um, and all. This. Yeah, and I definitely <laughs> sent you a link from some like Christian movie yeah. site. Yeah. And like, this is like, I hate this movie. It's yeah. anti-Jesus. So that's number two. I will. I will put Blade Runner next, not for the story, but for the cinematography. It was yeah. just... And that's what Blade Runner is, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it was it's just a mood. sight to see. And I'm, you're going to put this one last, not because I disliked it, but because mm-hmm. all his other movies are just... They're just that it's, good. They're so good. Yeah. He's not made a bad film. Yeah, um, and personally, I just... I never loved these action movies that are so driven by war and violence. I guess I'm a pacifist. Call me a good-natured guy, but... <laughs> just yeah. personally... Um, okay, so let me let's see if I can rank these. I might. I think Prisoners probably has to go as number one. Okay. I, I rewatched that. We had to watch it in our film class the other day. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And the the whole class was centered on sound design, which is something I didn't really focus on mm-hmm. the first time I watched it. And so I paid much more to like the technical aspects of that movie. And it is it is near quite near flawless in the way the sound design yeah. is created, the cinematography. I think it might be Roger Deakins again. Was, the way everything comes together yeah. is oh my god! And uh, John Hall is probably my favorite actor. And it's is he? Like, yeah. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I think Jake it's like John Hall, and I'm like, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, great um, guy. Um, so yeah, that probably has to go as number one. And it's okay. just it's a story that like I just enjoy that kind of thing like yeah. a really depressing like mystery thriller yeah. kind of thing oh, no, i, I just awesome. love that style of yeah. movie um so yeah probably has to go as number one number two is 
probably enemy. <laughs> it's this movie is incredibly deep and it's confusing at the end and I'm like, what? And I think <laughs> about it and I talked about it for like a long time and slowly piece it together and like all these metaphors and you realize what this story is actually is and it's just it's so not what you think it's gonna be. It's so <laughs> good. It's yeah. so it's like what how did you write this, man? Like this is amazing. <laughs> this is so good. God, I gotta and, see it. It's one of Jake Gyllenhaal's best performances. It's it might be better than Nightcrawler. It's, really? it's yeah. Nightcrawler's yeah. a good one. He's yeah. It's good. It's, he, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Next one. Oh my these movies are too good. Maybe Arrival. Uh, the theme is just amazing. Then probably I don't know. I think Blade Runner 2049 has a great mood and atmosphere, and the cinematography yeah. is one of the best in any film mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. And just, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a good story, too, but it, it doesn't stand out quite as much as the other films. Mm-hmm. And so Sakara probably has a better story, that better structure, better themes. Yeah. So this is really what you're, like, in the mood for. So mm-hmm. they're probably, like, on the same level for me. It's just, like, okay. it depends what you're into at yeah. that time. Um, and then Polytechnic probably has to go as last, just because it's like it's not a film I ever want to rewatch. It's just it's mm-hmm. too depressing and it's too realistic. It's expertly made. It's just something I don't really want to see again. Do you, you think know? that has anything to do with the fact it's his first film? It, it may not even be his first film. I think there might be some earlier it's ones. Early yeah, it's, it's early in his career. It's early it, in his it, career. It, yeah, it was still when he was doing like Canadian films. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe. I think his style is definitely developed. Yeah. And you can definitely see what movies he um, is drawn to. Uh, definitely. Um, it, it, it's still very good. All of his films are just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, no, and this one just fits right good. in. I think this movie has just firmly established that he might be my favorite director now. Yeah. He, him along with like P.T. Anderson, Christopher Nolan, like the, the these the, like the type of movies they're releasing now are just consistently really good and like yeah. just like make me want to rewatch it and make me want to discuss it and all the aspects just mold so well together. Like they have great stories, and then just the way like cinematography, editing, sound, it all comes together. Yeah, it's kind of beautiful. an interesting list, I would say, of, of like three top directors. They kind of all their films are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty different from one another, but you still see the like, similar takeaways from what yeah. they do. Yeah, absolutely. Like all of his they films have such are, a distinct style, really original. Yeah, yeah. but same time like Christopher Nolan deals with time and like he, he like I think Denis Villeneuve deals with and morality awesome, dude. and like, yeah honestly um yeah great great filmmaker I oh, if you haven't seen all of these films you need to and <laughs> you need to know who this man is like yeah this his name is not quite like a name brand name yet and it's it, niche. it needs to yeah it's it, niche yeah it's it, this needs to be like one of the most recognizable names because he's one of the best talents like working right now oh yeah like, absolutely um and then we're wrapping up so we'll close the show on would you recommend this movie which i feel like we both know the answer to that yeah no i 100 percent would yeah same yeah. um <laughs> it's an awesome movie it's so good yeah ignore ignore i mean at this point i don't know why you'd go watch the movie for the first time because we spoiled a yeah, lot of it for you've you you've definitely probably seen the movie if you're listening <laughs> i hope you have yeah. <laughs> otherwise i apologize um, because we didn't explain it as well yeah, as exactly. you would have hoped um yeah and then also, do you think over as we talked about this for the last hour, do you think your opinion changed on it? Do you think from the beginning of the movie or beginning of when we talked, maybe you like it more or less or what, what do you think? I like it a little more coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And definitely even during the movie, I felt almost disengaged at points. Um, I was also a little tired. I just had a coffee. So that helps with my mood a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But definitely the conversation made it so I the, the morality aspects and the themes were more clear. And yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, no, 
I, th- I think so too. Yeah. I think us talking about it made me love it even more. Hey, the, that's the that's how art goes. Yeah, we have, every it time we do this, we talked about yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, we got to wrap up because time is closing out. Of but, course. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on the show. Of course, it was my back. pleasure. Yeah, I look forward um, to it. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, thanks for this bonus episode that we got to do, and then we'll the new episode will be on Monday. So awesome. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>